Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B guy here, and today, the H1B guy live, August 17th, 2022. Today, I'm going to provide an update on current USCIS H1B processing times. We'll also take a look at adjustment of status for employment based preferences processing times and have a conversation around the fact that there's been no second lottery update, as well as taking your questions and comments. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention that H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's live stream is brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain, by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process, and by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner Mob Squad has the solution. Join the squad. After 2 p.m. here on, on the East Coast, and I know a lot of you have, have been asking an update um, for the second lottery, and I, I want to definitely get into that. I wanted to talk about what's been driving some of the delay in receipts for new initial H1B employment, and some actors involved in kind of. How we got to to where we are um you know we can go all, all the way back to March, april uh, may june and july um where i've been on record is is talking about uh, a second lottery i i believe would absolutely happen um in july i put out you know a second lottery for fiscal year 2023 question mark video um that's the most watched video on this channel and uh, predicted that it would most likely be somewhere between July 22nd and August the 5th. Um, as early as two weeks ago, you know, I felt like there may be a possibility it could go uh, as late as, as August 12th. Um, and, and of course, this past Friday was August 12th, and it, it's come and gone. There's been a lot of speculation out there um, around uh, if it's going to happen, what are the actual approval percentages, um, is the likelihood of, you know, application rates being, uh, you know, greater than, than currently expected. Um, and so, so I wanted to, to talk a little bit about uh, the processing times. And I, I put a post out on um, uh, LinkedIn last, um, last day. And I want to share some some of the engagement that that I got from um, a, an immigration attorney here in the U.S. Uh, um, who does a lot on LinkedIn, 
provides a lot of good data context around application and processing times. Um, and I, I wanted to just kind of share some of his insight and piggyback on that a little bit times and talk about where I think we are. And so uh, attorney uh, Rob Weber goes on to say that regarding second lottery, you speculate based on the percentage of filings, um, but I also indicate a super high approval rate. And a super high approval rate in the initial lottery uh, might cancel lower than anticipated filings. Uh, so I think whether a second lottery is run is still an open question. Um, but my point around slow receipts, particularly in Vermont, might explain the slow update from USCIS on the second lottery. And uh, that 485, I-45 processing is a priority for sure, but don't think that resources for um, the I-485 adjudications is slowing down uh, H-1B, so that's a different service center involved. And I think my point around um, the, the processing is that really it's about the resource allocation internally with it. Yes. And so I think that's really valid points. And so what I wanted to show you, and I'm sure you are aware, um, many of you are aware of, of the uh, the website for, for USCIS, egov.uscis.gov. Um, and it's, it's for slash processing dash times. So I'm going to bring that link up here. I'm um, just going to do a quick screen share so that if those of you who aren't familiar with this site can see what, what I'm looking at. And so this is where uh, USCIS updates their their processing times by, by service center. And so here I started with uh, Vermont. And we can see here that Vermont for I-129 petition for non-immigrant workers for an H-1B specialty occupation change of status in the U.S. So this is going to be individuals on H-4, on L's, on uh, OPTs. This is really what it's referring to. Folks that are already in the U.S., the current processing time for Vermont is two months. And so the majority, a very high percentage of H-1B initial applications uh, go to the Vermont Processing Center. And so why this is relevant as we start to look at the second lottery still being a possibility and the timelines around that is we can go back and, and say we still have not hit the two-month mark on the influx of applications uh, that USCIS received really starting June 15th through June 30th. Uh, so I think that this is a really interesting sign when we start to look at what are the estimated processing times, where does that, that put um, those cases that were, were sent to Vermont. And we can go and, and look at the California Service Center, and the California Service Center is five months. And so I find that to be very interesting. Um, a lot of West Coast employers utilize the California Service Center for initial um, and, and new and continuing employment. And then for Texas, which, you know, Texas comes in here as the lowest, but it also takes in generally the lowest amount of new uh, initial H-1Bs, and that is four weeks, so a, a total of a month. And the other thing I, I did want to show is the I-485, because I find this to be pretty interesting, and we talk about this a lot. Um, 
And that is primarily these are run out of, of similar service centers, right? And I know a lot of you already have this data. You've seen it. Um, and, and we can look at and see, look, 18 months for Texas for an I-485 adjustment of status. Um, that's a year and a half. We go to California and we look at even longer, 25 and a half months. Um, and then, you know, the Nebraska Service Center, which processes a, a bulk share as well, along with Texas, um, you know, ultimately uh, it, it looks like 18 months, um, which is a year and a half. And of course, you know, as we compare that to uh, Texas, very similar. Um, but I thought that this data you would find interesting. And again, this is readily available for you out there. Um, there's a link in the video description. I know most of you are aware of this and, and actively following it. Um, but I wanted to just take a minute and, and kind of show you in real time some of the, the data that I keep track of and, and that I follow. And so I, I tell all of you this to say that, you know, while there has not been an update on the second lottery so far, and, and we're sitting at, at August, you know, the 17th, um, the odds definitely are, are diminishing of the probability of it happening, but I still do believe that there will be a second selection. Um, I've read reports and heard rumor confirmation that a second selection was actually held and of someone who was awarded. Um, so with them, you know, there's been no confirmation from USCIS and all of my sources that I've been working with, um, you know, we're still kind of in this, it, it's still an open question. Um, the probability of it happening uh, still seems to be, you know, 50-50 now at this point. Um, I, I feel like what we've seen is is a higher application rate than I think USCIS expected. And a vast majority of those applications um, came in in June. A lot of you ask me about receipt notices, and we've talked about this a good bit, that a lot of the cases that have been processed in Vermont are receiving approval with their receipt right like same time um, because the receipt is the approval right it's this the the same unique identify identification um so I, I tell all of you this to 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 say that yeah I, there is a possibility um, of a second lottery happening and i think when we look at two months of processing for vermont that means that we could be pushing out another couple weeks and August and and maybe even at some point after Labor Day. Um, again, if, if USCIS were to go through with this, there, there's a 60 day, right? Um, or excuse me, a 90 day window of generally that that's given, you know, we saw April 1st through June 30th um, for the application window. So again, any of you who are sitting there, you know, trying to, to be in the, a cap gap situation whose OPT may be expiring, um, as this continues to push out, the probability of uh, you qualifying for that cap gap continues to, to be significantly reduced. Um, so just wanted to ask you, if you haven't already, please make sure you like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the HI channel here on YouTube. Um, and that you selected, uh, click the notification so that you're notified anytime we do go live, like we have here today at 2 p.m. on August the 17th, 2022. Uh, for many of you who are new to this channel or have found me over the last month, month and a half, I typically like to do two to three live streams a month 
where I will field your questions and comments and do my best to provide an opinion um, based on my uh, experience. And, and that is I've been in uh, technology staffing now um, and a work authorization expert um, for over uh, 17, almost 18 years now. Um, I have led a very large immigration program for a global staffing firm and uh, processed um, hundreds of H-1B visas as well as uh, close to 60 green card um, permanent labor uh, certifications, uh, employment-based sponsorships. Um, so if you're looking for ways you can support the H-1B Guy channel, you can currently do so through the Super Chat function here on YouTube. Um, if you like this content, if you feel like I've provided you value or given you some, some detailed insight and you're watching this at a later date, uh, the super thanks function is also available currently now on YouTube. Um, but just would like to thank everyone who took time out of their afternoon to, to join me here today. Please post your questions and comments in the chat, and I will do my best to get through all of them. I know a lot of you have questions and comments around the second lottery, around what the employment-based uh, uh, allocation is going to be for fiscal year 2023. Um, I know many of you are still curious about the visa bulletin and, and what kind of movement potentially we could see in October, November, December, uh, which would be the next three months in the beginning of fiscal year uh, 2020. Um, but we appreciate your questions and comments to everyone who's taken time to, to watch my previous videos and uh, ask questions and comments. Um, I will do my best uh, by the end of the week to make sure that I go back and, and reply to, uh, to all of those. Um, so the question that a lot of you are asking, and, and that is, I think there's still going to be a second lottery. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my answer was 100% absolutely yes. Uh, as we continue to go further and further into August, and, and the closer we get to September and even moving into September, I feel like the likelihood begins to, to diminish. Now, remember that USCIS does have a legal obligation to use all of the allocated numbers for fiscal year 2023. So that means that even if there's only 1,000 remaining, even if there's only 500 remaining, they may hold another selection. But if you go back to uh, the, the video that I talked about that I posted in, in early July, uh, if it were a 58 to 60 percent application rate, there would only be somewhere between 8,000 um, to, to 10 or 12,000 H1B visas that would even be available. And that was a three percent odds based on the remaining pool who wasn't selected. So I think the further and further that we go into this into August and closer to September, uh, the, the less likely um, a second lottery is to occur. I think we can go back to something that USCIS said, which is um, they selected a historically high number for fiscal year 2023 under the assumption of historically lower application rates. Um, so again, I've talked about why I thought there would be a second lottery. I think we look at some of the layoffs that have occurred. We look at a lot of... Um, you know, the shifting around that's happened in big tech, and you know, it feels like it's almost a weekly basis uh, that we get an update on of layoffs from, from some other organization, not necessarily in tech, but just in general. 
And so again, does that mean that it lends itself to a lower application rate? Does the 60%, which I've been expecting and estimating now for, you know, almost four plus months, um, will become reality or will it be closer to the 66% um, that USCIS expected when they selected the 127,000 plus um, back at the very end of March? So I did want to take time today to do a lot of uh, uh, Q&A here. I know that there's several questions in the comment. I know some of you had already posted, um, you know, on on the chat uh, before we went live. Um, so I did want to start with those. I won't bring those up on the screen, but I'll just read um, uh, who they're from and the question. And so uh, the question from uh, Gangahara Sima is, my priority date is June 11th, 2015. Any uh, chance, chance of filing 45 this October? Um, and is USCIS in a position to utilize all EBs for fiscal year 2022? Uh, so that's a great question, Ganga. And I think the answer kind of lies somewhere in there's been this historic emphasis from USCIS um, over the last several months surrounding medicals. Um, surrounding, you know, the the uh, the request for um, exemption, um, we've seen some of the processing numbers that go back to the end of June, which were somewhere around one hundred and eighty thousand. Um, so that's still roughly a hundred thousand that USCIS would have to process in July, August, and September. So we have to wonder: Are they capable of processing thirty thousand? plus employment-based cases um, in July, August, and September. And I don't think that that's likely, so I don't believe that there will be full utilization. Um, but what is interesting is in the September visa bulletin, right, where they talked about the possibility of um, employment-based becoming unavailable uh, at some point in September, and they would update accordingly. I think that's a sign that, that they believe that they're going to get um, as close to utilizing, you know, the 280,000 plus that was available to them this year. Um, but we will definitely find out now it may be at some point in <laughs> November, December, January that we find that out. So yeah, good question. Um, Essa Swara Murthy asks how many family based visa spillover predictions for 2023? Um, I covered this a little bit on the H1B Guy News for uh, the week um, ending August 12th, 2022. Um, and I estimated it was a pretty broad range, somewhere between 40,000 to 75,000. Um, I've seen reports that expect somewhere around 50,000. So that would mean that you're looking at approximately 190,000 would be available for fiscal year 2023. Um, I expect that USCIS will make that information public in the November visa bulletin. We may see it alluded to in October, but my expectation um, is that we will find out uh, a to total number, which they already have a good idea of at this point right now, um, but a total number at some point, most likely in the November visa bulletin. Um, Swift Gaming asks, hi, hi, sir. Some people are saying that second lottery is done. Is it true? I've read those rumors and heard those reports, 
but I don't personally know of um, any of my contacts who have had um, their beneficiary selected. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you know of someone, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. But I, I would imagine, you know, USCIS, if they would have held a second lottery, would have made that information public, most likely on that Friday or Saturday, because um, it, it tends to be that's when they do hold those those random selections is on a Friday um, and making those notifications public either Friday or or Saturday. Uh, but I've not received any confirmation. But if you know someone who has other than rumors in a forum, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in, in learning about that. Hey, Vishnu asks, uh, will there be a second lottery for this year? Yeah, kind of to my point earlier, um, you know, I know a lot of you are asking me this question, um, but it really depends on how much longer the processing of the applications that they've already received uh, go, you know, Vermont's two months approximately for change of status for those in the U.S. and abroad. Um, so that tells me, you know, if we start to look at uh, what does that mean from from a timing perspective, right? And cases that maybe were received um, as late as as June thirtieth of uh, of twenty twenty two, and we start to look at, okay, hey, what is what is two months time frame? Where does that put the date? We could start to look and say that's probably the end of August, right? So if we were to say, all right, if there, if August 5th didn't happen and August 12th, which you were saying was possible, what would be the absolute date to which this would be a possibility? And, you know, maybe it bleeds into um, that September 2nd timeframe. Um, which is still a Friday, the Friday before Labor Day. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking for like something concrete for me to say, hey, if it doesn't happen by this date, um, is there still a possibility of it happening? And I would say that would be September 2nd at this point um, would be kind of my concrete date. If you're asking me to, to predict uh, uh, if it doesn't happen by this date, it's not going to happen um, I, I would say that Friday, September 2nd, the Friday before Labor Day would, would be the date that I would put on it. Hey, Prasad. Yep. Same answer again. You know, I still believe that there is a high probability of a second lottery occurring, but as we get closer and closer to September, you know, those odds definitely continue to diminish. Um, but when we look at current processing times, Vermont specifically is, as we, we did earlier with the screen share earlier in uh, the live stream, um, you know, they're, they're approximately two months. So two months puts September 2nd at 64 days, 64 days from June 30th. So that influx of applications that was received by USCIS starting, you know, mid-June uh, mid into the end of June, um, you know, that that puts that 60-day that processing closer to... Uh, Day 64, actually, is September the 2nd. Um, so good question there. Uh, just wanted to ask you again, if you haven't already, please make sure you like this video. You're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. Uh, click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. Um, if you like what, you're, what we're doing here, you like this content, and you're looking for ways to support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function. 
Uh, if you're watching or listening to this at a later date and have an aha moment from something I say and, and want to give me a thanks, there's also a super thanks function. Um, any of your contributions are invested back into the technology of this platform. Um, I am noticing I'm having a little bit of a lag, but I think all of you can hear me okay. Um, working on uh, updating the technology. I, I had some audio issues in my recording last Friday, which kind of gave it a very flat tinny sound. So thank you for tolerating through those technical difficulties and uh, just really appreciate all of your continued support. Ashok asked, my priority date is May, 30, or May 31st, 2016 and EB2. What are the chances for me in 2023? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a lot of that depends on the spillover, right? If there's 50,000 that go to employment base from family and it brings that number up to 190, um, you know, you could be someone that could benefit from some gradual movement as we creep into the 2015s, right? As we start to look at, hey, you know, where are we currently sitting as we head into to fiscal year uh, 2023? And, you know, we're sitting at, at December 1st, 2014. So you're talking about, you know, some, some pretty significant movement, right, that would need to happen if, if you're looking to get in. And I think the thing for you that that is that is interesting here, um, Ashok, is is you would need my my guess is you know the final action to to come current. And as we've seen, you know, USCIS really this year for the longest period of time accepted dates of filing. And I don't believe that that's going to be the case for for this year. Um, I believe that we may see them accept dates of filing October, November, December, uh, but I, I don't foresee it, it moving much past maybe January as, as kind of a maximum. And, you know, we look at what kind of forward movement would you need a shock to, to get to that May 31st. So you really are going to need what I'd say is a June 1st date, right? Because we, we don't ever see bulletins with a 31st in mind. Um, so you're sitting at, at 548 days of forward movement. And I, I just, I don't believe that we're going to see that much movement. Um, and, and the dates go that far into 2016, unless it does occur towards kind of the back half of the year. So that would mean maybe June, maybe July, but probably closer if it is going to happen. That would probably be July, August, um, and September. We didn't see any movement this year, so I'm not very hopeful that that it would make it that far. Otherwise, at that point, a shock you're into to 2024. Um, I, I just I have a hard time believing that uh, with all the available numbers that were around this year, um, and we look at what kind of the total forward movement that that occurred. Um, we look at what what that movement was over you know the last six months, and and I think you're just asking for a pretty substantial amount of a forward movement in the fiscal year when the numbers don't necessarily you know align. Um, but again, if we look at EB two for India in the last six months, 579 days forward movement. Uh, that was as of the the August visa bulletin, and you know no forward movement for September. So that puts us in kind of the the five, 540 range there, um, but good question. 
Abiola says the processing time doesn't really reflect the current situation for a lot of petitions filed in the Vermont Service Center. Um, I disagree. It actually, in my understanding, this has been about the average on the approvals for those filed in regular processing for initial employment. If your case was filed in premium, you would have already most likely had your approval. And I know that because I know uh, more than a half dozen cases uh, that were filed in mid-June that were filed in premium and have already received their approval notices. Um, Udaya Chandrika says, um, I'm predicting no second lottery. Well, what I'm saying is that I think as we go closer and closer to September, those odds are significantly diminished. And again, to kind of repeat myself, um, I, I don't believe that um, a lot of a second selection would happen after September 2nd. I could be wrong. They may do that following Friday, which would be September 9th. But when you start to look at if they were to give a 60-day period, they'd have to do that maybe middle of the month, um, you know, opening it up. And then that would push it to November, mid-November, which we saw. We did see that last year for the, the second lottery. Uh, Mashak says spillover prediction for 2023. Yeah, so I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I will cover it again. I talked about this um, on the H1B Guy News for the week ending uh, August 12th, 2022. Um, I had a pretty big gap, you know, 40 to, to 75,000. But from everything I'm hearing is that the most likely is somewhere around 50,000. Um, from family base, although the demand for family base has been extremely high as well. Um, and we've seen a significant uptick in that in 2021 as well as 2022. So uh, again, you know, if it does happen, um, there, there is a probability probably closer to that 40 to 50,000 range. Um, a shock is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, May 31st, 2016 is no hope for the next four or five years. That's a lot of gloom and doom. Um, I don't really sell hope, um, but I think the odds are that if, if we're looking at 548 days of forward movement would be required, and yet there isn't you know anywhere close to the amount of, of available numbers uh, for fiscal year 2023 that we had for fiscal year 2022, um, then the odds are that we're not going to see this five, 600 days of forward movement in, in EB2. Uh, Ajahn asks, what if my L1B expires after five years and I don't have H1B? Um, it's handled kind of the same way, Ajahn, and that is you, you would need to, uh, you'd have 60 days um, to change statuses or leave the country. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Hey, Aditya. Um, thanks for joining me today. Second lottery prediction. Again, kind of a repeat here, but for everyone to hear, you know, as we continue to get closer and closer to September, these odds continue to be significantly reduced of the likelihood of it happening. And even if it does happen, um, you know, my uh, previous calculations were somewhere between you know, eight to 10,000 would be available. And I think that number becomes less and less, um, which of course significantly reduces uh, the odds of, of that occurring. Uh, 
are um, H-1B approvals hard for non-STEM? No, not necessarily. And I think you had asked a question I accidentally skipped over earlier, which was, is there a minimum salary requirement for H-1B this year? It's just prevailing wage determination based on the specialty occupation for the MSA metropolitan statistical area that has to be met. Um, but no, there's not a, you know, must be paid 75000 or above. It's based on the occupation and the MSA, the, the location of which the, the job is going to, to sit in. Um, hi, H1B guy. Hey, Madhu, how are you? Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I find people are not able to schedule H1B slot in India Embassy. Yeah. Um, you go on to say, will this be the case? for slow process and same for second lottery. Yeah, that's been one of the biggest challenges. Um, that's why we've seen them go to kind of a Dropbox scenario, even for new initials. Um, but the, this is something we've talked about for two years, a year and a half on this channel. Um, and that is the lack of available appointments specifically in India, but not just India, um, other US consulates around the globe um, and COVID has, has been kind of the, the reasoning behind that, um, which, you know, ultimately there wasn't really a debate for for a long time. But now as we see kind of this return to whatever our new normal is, um, it, it's becoming, you know, uh, more more and more available. But I'm still seeing, you know, it's very few remaining slots. There's still a lot of telegram groups out there that are de dedicated to the availability. And it's a lot of constant checking. Uh, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. There's no doubt. And it's not something that's easy. Um, Madhu says, hi, H1B guy. I just want to check my petition. has been submitted on June 27th. Nebraska Service Center got receipt notice on July 7th. How long will it take? Almost 42 days now. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, we can kind of go back to um, the screen that I was sharing earlier. Uh, and I'm assuming you're located in the U.S., but let's just say that that you're located in the U.S. Um, you know, the, the, the thing is, when Nebraska picked that up, that was part of um, some of the transferring of cases, most likely from the Vermont Service Center. And we talked about that back in early June. Um, but if we were to look at what, what would be comparable, even though they're different departments, and we look at where... Um, you know, Nebraska is, is standing there and, and kind of what the time frame is, you know, I'd say you're probably looking at anywhere between four to six weeks, probably closer to the, since it was July 7th. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at, if we were to say two months from that point, you're coming up pretty quickly. Um, let me just do some quick date calculations for you. So, uh, July 7th, 2022. And if we get to September 4th, 2022, that puts you at uh, roughly 59 days. So again, kind of going back to that, that September 2nd date, you're, you're one of the cases. You came in at the very end. You were receipted 10 days later. Um, and if we look at kind of a, an estimate of two weeks of processing, if your case goes the maximum of two weeks, you know, that approval probably wouldn't come in until around Labor Day or after, which means that 
September 9th still could be a possibility of a second lottery being held, okay? And again, this is all just speculation, right? I mean, I think a lot of you who follow me know I, I do a lot of speculation. I work a lot of different sources. Um, this is an unfounded speculation. I bring this to you to, to try to keep you all posted on, on what I'm hearing and what I'm being told so that you can plan accordingly. Um, <laughs> uh, Dada says American immigration uh, isn't um, expletive, honestly, and it's, it's he says paying, but playing with minds. Um, yeah, well, a lot of political jockeying going on in terms of immigration, and it's very clearly been a back burner um, topic when you look at all the legislation uh, from the 46th president. Um, immigration is, has been out of sight, out of mind completely. Vishnu says, thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you joining my live stream here today. Um, again, just wanted to remind everyone, if you haven't already, please like this video, make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guide channel here on YouTube and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime I post new content here to this channel or go live like we have here today on August 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. If you're looking for ways you can support the channel, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function. Or if you're watching uh, or listening to this at a later date through YouTube, um, there is also a super thanks option. Or if you're listening to this on the H1B Guide podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating, um, would really appreciate uh, those of you who are loyal to the H1B Guide podcast. And I know there are many of you out there, so I thank you for listening um, and taking time out of your day to, uh, to listen to my content. Meskarim asks, hi, sir. I'm from Ethiopia and won 2023 DV case um, with your number. It is a low case, but I think um, I sent DS260 in July, even though it's very late. Um, yeah, I'm not as familiar with DV, but, you know, very large selection. Um, there's been a lot of issues with DV2021, DV2022. Um, but my advice is take your shot. If you got selected and you want to come to the U.S., get your documents prepared. Do not delay. That should be a number one priority for you so that you can get your place in line. But I really appreciate you finding this channel and uh, joining me today. Uh, Ravender says, India EB2 priority date, uh, January 22nd, 2015. All right, Ravendra, here we go. Big prediction time. Are you ready? Because you asked me the question. Um, what are the chances of my date being current in October VB? And I knew that's exactly where you were going. And I would say 100%. I think so. I, I mean, where you are, right? January 22nd, you just need one month of movement. And so I say that because dates of filing sit at January 1st, 2015, and I can almost guarantee the USCIS will accept dates of filing for the October visa bulletin in 2022, um, the first month of fiscal year 2023. So, Ravendra, I hope I'm right for your case. Um, I'm going to say 100%. I think your chances are. Um, the only thing that would prohibit that would be extensive oversubscription um, from fiscal year 2022's processing, um, and ultimately that may create a lack of forward movement and the dates would hold as is. 
But thanks for your question, Ravender. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you, man. Garov says, PD of July 30, 2015, initially company filed I-140 EB2 and downgraded EB3 in 2020. I'm with the same employer. Can I use previous uh, EB2 I-140 filing final action dates to get current? Um, yeah, so this is what's been, you know, kind of the talk of the town within USCIS, um, kind of this inner filing. And yeah, it's absolutely a possibility being with the same employer, um, holding those those separate I-140s. Um, it, it should it should be a possibility, but I know that there are others who have gone through this recently um, and can speak to this in a little bit better educated detail. But I believe the answer, my answer would be yes. Hey, Pranav, how are you? Thanks for joining me. Hey, Raj, what's the eligibility criteria for H-1B visa to get picked up in the lottery for sure? Um, bachelor's degree, STEM, um, but there's really no, uh, the eligibility criteria is really employment related based on your experience. Hey, Regini, how are you? Can EB3 India move in fiscal year 2022? Can spillover go to EB3 like what was done in fiscal year 2020? I have been hearing that EB3 will move in 30 to 60 day increments, at least initially um, for the first half of the fiscal year, um, with EB2 more likely being in 30 day increments and then stalling after Q1 of fiscal year 2023. Um, so, you know, ultimately, I'd say, um, will it move? Yes. How far will it move? Um, I'm not necessarily sure. Um, I think that, you know, when we start to look look at where it stands, right, we're in February of 2012. Um, I think that there is a possibility that, that EB3 could get through all of 2012 uh, by the end of the fiscal year. Hey, Raul, how long is it taking for California USCIS to address to send interfile receipt J notice? Um, I'm not exactly sure on that specific filing, um, but my guess is, you know, if I just kind of go back and, and look at the, the, the I-485 processing uh, for adjustment of status for California, and that was, you know, 25, I believe, and a half months. Um, so I think you're looking at at least a year and a half, if not more. Um, but the other thing too, though, again, if, if you're one of those with EB2 and EB3, this was a priority. Um, when we ta start talking about the, the request for exemption or exception that, that USCIS was asking, hopefully that, that you fit in that case. Um, and, you know, most likely uh, we'll, we'll know something here very soon. Um, sometime in, in the next uh, several months, depending on when that was filed. Hey, we, sorry for joining. Like, do we know if second lottery is still happening? Yeah, so this is what I've been talking about. Again, as we creep closer and closer to September, um, I still believe there's a possibility of the second lottery happening. Uh, I do believe that, that the odds that I talked about in early July are, are at, continuing to be reduced significantly. Um, it does continue to be kind of an open question, um, but... You know, I would say if, if something doesn't happen by September 2nd, even by some calculations that I did during the live stream, September 9th, the likelihood of it happening after that date is probably very slim, 
very slim. Hey, Pranav, hello. My question is, what if they fill 84,000 seats with the first lottery with no duplicates? Will they still do a second lottery just for 1,000 seats till uh, the point that they reach? Yes. They're legally obligated to do so. Um, SP, SWP 40 says, is there no second lottery for H1B this year? Yeah, again, kind of just answered that, but not yet. I've heard rumors. Um, they are unsubstantiated, unconfirmed rumors. Um, of something that it was held uh, from any of my contacts. I've not heard that to be the case. Um, with the current processing times we're looking at, you know, the end of September would be 60 days from that July 30th date. Uh, so that puts us again, September 2nd, September 9th, uh, most likely is kind of a, if it doesn't happen by this date, then it's most likely not going to happen. Hey, Meskarim. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you joining. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel. Uh, really appreciate your support. Hey, Zeeshan, how are you? Petition to submit on June 17th. Nebraska Service Center got receipt notice on June 28th. How long will it take? Almost 62 days now. Yeah, you're right in that mark. Um, and you're one of these numbers. Uh, but my guess is, is literally any day. Um, and I'd love to hear when you do receive that uh, approval or next steps. Um, keep me posted. Uh, yeah, 62 days. I was calculating earlier, 64 days. So literally, I mean... Anytime between now and the end of next week, I would guess, is my best guess for you, Zeeshan. Yeah, hey, Varun, I'm assuming you probably kind of join in late here, but nothing yet to report. Um, there are applications still being processed, and, you know, we're, we're creeping now closer to the end of September and kind of a 64-day window from the end of June. Um, so possibly by September 2nd or September 9th, and if it doesn't happen by that point, I don't believe it'll happen um vishant same question right uh waiting for second lottery and when i expect it to happen in august or september yeah i mean again kind of expecting something over the next three fridays next four fridays uh you know as late as september 9th and i would say if it doesn't happen again by september 9th um to to september 2nd through september 9th kind of that week those friday to fridays if it doesn't happen by then uh, the probability of it happening is 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 very low. Um, Raza, when I expect a third lottery like 2020, well, there was a third lottery in fiscal year 2021. There was only two held in 2020. I don't expect a third lottery. Um, there's just there were too many applications selected, too many other people um out there and uh, I, I think uscis was embarrassed by the fact they had to hold a third lottery in november um of 2021 so i i don't believe that 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 has any likelihood any retrogression for eb2 or eb3 and in fiscal year 2023 yeah uh, Regini, this has been a hot topic um but i think that we're going to see movement at least in the first quarter um, between 30 to 60 days for EB3 and most likely like monthly increments for EB2. Uh, back in July, I did a looking ahead to October and predicted like June and July dates. Um, while I think that is possible, if there is, you know, that 50 to 60,000 spillover that occurs, I think probably looking more like February and March, at least for October to start out with. 
Vintasaurus says, Vincatasaurus says, yeah, people are doing five to six applications. Yeah, um, because that's the one freedom that they have. If an employer is willing to spend that $10 non-refundable application, why wouldn't you as an individual hedge your bet and take as much um, increasing of your odds as, as you could? I mean, that's kind of what makes this current process as is not necessarily beneficial. Um, I, I think you know, ultimately, this is where we start to look at. Um, we've got to increase the barrier to entry, right? From ten dollars to a hundred, or five hundred, or even a thousand for employers, and you won't see four hundred and eighty-three thousand registrations. Zishan, absolutely. Let me know. I'm really curious when you receive your approval. I'd like to know how many days it was. Um. Yeah, you're right, uh, Venkateswara. This is this is where employers who have the need are getting boxed out, right? Um, and I can think of an instance where someone who I've had on this channel, um, who is a teacher, um, who came here as an E2 dependent um, and is teaching elementary school kids in a parochial school and wasn't selected, but her her position um, is absolutely critical. And, you know, her odds are just the same as anyone else's. All right. Last question, Arun. I have a receipt number starting with IOE for H1B, which service center? Um, there would most likely be some initials at the front. But when you type in your receipt number, uh, when you check your receipt on USCIS.gov, uh, it should show you that which service center is confirming receipt. Arun, it should. Um, so wanted to thank all of you who have, um, you know, joined me here today. Raj, thank you so much for this wonderful comment. Thank you so much for doing these live streams. Uh, please keep doing them. Um, I absolutely will. I plan to try to do another one next Wednesday. Why are they not doing one ID, one application? Yeah, that's a great question. But really, it comes down to you as the individual um, you know, have, have some, uh, have the one time you actually have an option. Um, so I think we're going to see some reform to the lottery. I don't know if it'll happen next year, but I do think sometime over the next couple of years, you'll see some reform, uh, modifications to the electronic registration selection process that happens. Uh, USCIS doesn't want 483,000 applications and, and having to select 127,000 registrations. They don't want that many. So there probably will be um, most likely some modifications to that, whether that's an increase in the application fee or kind of the 1v1, as you mentioned. But yeah, I, I hope to be back with you um, next Wednesday on the 25th. I already have a, a stream planned um, on August 31st. I'm going to have um, a couple of really interesting guests from Mob Squad um, who are going to be joining me. And so that is going to be August the 31st um, at 3 p.m. Eastern. And I'm going to be joined by uh, Nicole Bainham, who is head of partnerships, and Jessa Chupik, head of talent at Mob Squad. Um, so our partner, Mob Squad, and they're going to talk about uh, their process, what makes them different and their clients. So for those of you who are still leaving your fate up to chance, come back on the 31st and um, I will have uh, uh, be hosting, um, you know, Jessa and Nicole from from Mob Squad. But I will try to tune in 
again next Wednesday for another stream, hopefully with an update. Um, and then I'm going to be doing a full H-1B guy grades for all of fiscal year 2022 with all of my predictions that I did and do a final grade for the year um, at some point over the next week. So be on the lookout for that. Um, just wanted to bring up a couple of others and then I'm going to cut this. Abraham says, thanks you for my thoughts. Um, Jim Roll says, thank you so much, Rob. Absolutely. Arun says, thank you. Yep. Listen, I love doing these streams. I love interacting with all of you. I love your questions. I love your comments. I appreciate you guys listening to my opinion on this. Um, I try to bring you the most educated and informed opinion and advice as I can based on everything that I'm hearing and, and being told. So um, with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and close this out and, and want to thank Syndesis and Path to Canada um, for helping bring you today's live stream. They provide an ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Sedesis and Path to Canada are your answers. If you want to find out if you qualify, please be sure to use the link in the video description below and someone from Sedesis or Path to Canada will be in touch and they will gladly help you navigate the process. And also by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. My friend Carl Ballsmeyer is the absolute best. He helps save employers and attorneys thousands of dollars on perm labor certification recruitment ads. They are the best of the best, perm-ads.com. And as I mentioned, August 31st, 3 p.m. Eastern. So two weeks from today, I'll be joined by my friends at Mob Squad, Nicole and Jessa. And Mob Squad also helped to bring this live stream here to you today. And if you're a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges, do not leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, Mob Squad, has a solution. You can hear more about the solution on August the 31st at 3 p.m. Eastern. But Mob Squad helps technology professionals facing U.S. work visa-related uncertainty remain working with their current U.S. company nearshore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking to find an opportunity for a rewarding career in North America. Through the partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as six to eight weeks. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please find out how the team at MobScore can help you via the link in the video description below. Do not leave your fate up to chance. Join the squad. want to ask you one last time, if you haven't already, to please like this video subscribe to the h1b guy channel here on youtube and click the bell for notifications so you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel or go live like we did here today on august 17th at 2 p.m eastern uh, follow me on twitter follow me on instagram follow me on facebook we have a telegram channel called the h1b guy subscribe to that connect with me on linkedin um, go to my website, theh1bguy.com, where I have almost two and two years and a couple of months of content now at this point and continuing to produce more. Appreciate everyone for joining me here today and all of your continued support. I cannot do this without you. I am very grateful um, for all of your support, and I just want you to all know how much I really, really appreciate it.
I'm Robert. I'm the H1B guy, your global source for all things H1B.